This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, this weekend was was quite a ride around here. Uh, we had a powerful Sunday morning, Sunday night, um, but we had uh, in the two of the latter services Sunday. God moved in the first service, but in the latter two services, we had over a hundred lives impacted in these altars. Can you just give God a praise for that? Amen. Come on, you can do better than that. God touched some of you. Amen. God is so good. I don't believe it started Sunday. I believe it started last Wednesday evening. I felt like I was just preaching part two of Pastor Wayne's message from last Wednesday evening. And uh, it was just, uh, uh, tonight we're going to get back around to those points. And I, I was, while I was standing here, I, I felt the clarity of why we're coming back around to those those points. I want to dive into really a two-part evening. Uh, I want to talk with you for a few moments as a congregation and a core. This is the core on Wednesday evening. And then I want to bring you back to our topic from Sunday to complete that with you. All right, let's return to Psalms 114. And then I'm going to take you back to Exodus. When Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob, from a people of foreign tongue, noticed this, we said this Sunday, Judah became God's sanctuary. God began to dwell in Judah. And it was really important to notice, there's this one passage of Scripture where God says, I was going to do this, but now I have chosen to do this. He said, instead, I will do this. And what happened in that one particular passage of Scripture was that when Moses came down from having that getaway time with God, he comes down and he says, who will stand with the Lord? And the people are having this sinful, sinful party. And he says, who will stand with the Lord? And he's expecting Judah to run to his side. And Judah doesn't run to his side. Then the Levites run to his side. And this is what he says. He says, because the Levites came and stood with the Lord, I will not do what I had planned, but I will choose. Listen to this. I will choose the, the Levites Instead, in what? Yeah. I got half of you. In what? Yeah. Instead. Now, that, that story may not excite you, but it thrills my heart because here's what it tells me. I might not have been your first choice. I may not have been everybody else's first choice. I might not have even been God's first choice, but what God's looking for is a people who will stand, my goodness, I feel him already, who will stand up and say, I will stand with the Lord no matter what it costs me. And because they stood, the Bible says they were even willing to take the lives of those people close to them who were committed the abomination. So God said, I choose you. And see, that's what really happened in the life of Judah at the Red Sea. Judah said, I might, might drown. His name was Nashon, the leader of Judah, says, I might drown, but I'm going to do what God said to do. I'm going to obey God. I'm going forward for the kingdom of heaven. And no matter what, I'm walking on. And Nashon creates this line of leadership and this line of royalty that passes down to his great-great-great-grandson who becomes king of Israel by the name of David. 
Nashon now has entered into the line of another royal line upon his throne. It shall last forever, and it's the, the line of the Messiah. Because he made up his mind, no matter what, I'm going to obey God. And he kept moving. What was the word we used? Forward. Forward. And he became known as the Prince of Judah. We learned that in First Chronicles. And so we went through that Sunday, and I'm just trying to catch everybody up that maybe wasn't there. And we realized that if you want to see God make a sidewalk through the sea, you can't stay on the shore. So important. And most of us are waiting for God to show up and clear the path before we start walking. And God's waiting for us to start walking so he can clear the path. You go, God, we'll get it in order. Let me tell you the difference. A friend of mine yesterday said to me, he said, hey, just swing by the house and get something. And when I got there, I, could n I noticed that his wife was not particularly happy. Because he had given her all of about 25 minutes notice that I was coming by. How many would not be happy? Come on now, amen. How many would have something stuck in the oven? You know what I'm talking about? Like put the dishes in the dirt and put it in the oven. Don't forget if you do that, come on now, and turn your oven on to preheat it. But, but she was not happy with him because instead of doing it when they thought they should have done it, watch this now, they had procrastinated, but when somebody stopped by, then they got everything in order. Most of us are, God's trying to do something in our life, and we keep going, well, I'll get it in order, I'll get it in order. And God says, I'm ready for you to stop saying you're going to get it in order, and I'm ready for you to start walking in the way I told you to walk. And when you start walking in order the way I've told you to walk, then watch out. I'll move all the obstacles out of the way. I'll clean everything up. I'll deal with everything. You're going, Lord, I just got to get this dealt with. And God says, no, 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 no. What you got to do is start following Jesus. And when you follow Jesus, I'll get everything else worked out. Can I get an amen for that? Goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. And I'm not even too where I'm, I'm still not out of the introduction of this sermon. We're in trouble. So... What happens when Ger when when Nishan is walking? Nishan is walking. Moses has his hands lifted. That's where I believe we get, began last week. Moses has his hands up. Nishan is with his rod out over the sea, and Nishan is walking. What are the people doing? Are you ready for this? Panicking. The people are in a panic. But this is when the leaders lead. This is when they stand up. This is when the Spirit of God is moving. And here's what God says in Exodus chapter 14, verse number 13. It says this, But Moses told the people, Don't be afraid. Just stand still. Notice that. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians see you today, that you see today, will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now, stop for a moment. The whole thing I had you saying Sunday was God told Nashon to move what? Forward. Forward. And now God says, stand still. You're like, could you make up your mind? Watch this. Nashon represents your individual victory. The people represent the corporate victory of the house. This is important. If everybody's still trying to get their own personal victories, then watch this. We're never going to have the breakthrough God wants for this house. Making sense? 
If everybody's still trying to decide whether or not, if my job is to spiritually every week try to help you decide if you're going to serve Jesus one more week, we're never going to have the revival fire that God wants to send. I have not come in here to try to convince you to serve Jesus one more week. I have come to convince you to start serving Jesus. And once you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, trust me, when you look back, there's nothing left behind you. So you must have the Nashan moment, but you also have to have the corporate. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. You have to have the corporate moments as well. Now, Pastor Wayne, come up here in just, just a second. You had me up on, up on the stage or up here the other night. I'm bringing you up. I'm going to get you back. Now watch this. If Wayne can't get victory and I can't get victory, how are we ever going to advance in victory? So we need our own personal. He told me last week, he said, I have spent days and, and, and I've been on my face before God. And all day long, I've sought the face of God. And God began to break something in the atmosphere in here last Wednesday evening. But watch this. This is so significant because he had a breakthrough personally. A corporate breakthrough was able to come. So the statement was to Nashan, move forward. The whole people need to move forward, but before they can move forward, there has to become a corporate gathering of them making a corporate decision. We're going to step into what God wants us to step into, okay? And here's what we're going to do. We're going to have to do three simple things, okay? We're going to, have you said, stand still and watch and see the Lord rescue you today. We're going to have to face our fears, Corporately, we're going to have to link arms together, not two people who are trying to decide if we're serving God. Come on up here, John. If you, come, on, come on up here. Not trying to decide if we're serving God, but we have already made up our minds we're serving God together. And as we made up our minds, when two or three gather together in his name, watch this now, knowing who they are in Christ Jesus, bearing the name of... Can I, just, I'll get to you in just a second. I just got this in my heart. The problem is we gather together in our names far too often because we're still trying to figure out who we are and what we're supposed to do. And so we can't corporately move forward because we're still trying to figure out who's Don, who's Wayne, who's John. And if you go to the coffee shop with me, who's Juan? Come on now, amen. I went there today, and the girl got my name right. I said, thank you for getting my name right. And then she had a, she had a, a 12 stone church shirt on. And I said, oh, I, I, I know your pastor. And, and she said, oh, I love him so much. And, and, and then it came out, she's like, you Pastor Don? I was like, oh, that's why you got my name. Come on, amen. But, but, but listen, what God was doing there in that moment, what I'm trying to tell you was I, I, I was 
saying this is who I am. Thanks for understanding who I am. But what you can't do in God's house and move forward corporately is be a whole bunch of people trying to decide if you're going to serve God together or not. We've got to link arms together and we've got to realize that this world may not be what we want it to be right now. It may not be what God wants it to be right now. But we have settled who we are and we've moved forward and now we're going to stand and see the salvation of the Lord because the enemy might, listen to what I'm about to tell you, the enemy might advance for a season and it might like he, look like he's going to prevail. But thus says the Lord, until the Ancient of Days shows up because if his people stand their ground, God's on the way to deliver them. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Thank you guys. Thank you. Face your fear. Stand your ground. And stay calm. I don't know how to do that one. But it's a different kind of stay calm. Somebody sent me a text Sunday and said, if you ever behave, I'm mad at you. It's like, oh, I'm trying to. Listen to me. Face your fear. Well, the Bible says, don't be afraid. If I say don't be afraid and the armies of Egypt are bearing down on you, how many of you would admit that's not easy? Easier said than done. I remember as a young pastor, I'd go to my dad for counsel and I'd say, Dad, what would you do about this? And he'd say, pray about it. I said, I prayed about it and God told me to come ask you. <laughs> and he said, pray about it a little more. And I said, I'm, I need someone to tell me what to do. He said, I'm telling you what to do. Pray about it. Can I tell you, until you pray through, you'll never get your breakthrough? This is important. When you have to have courage, it's not the absence of fear. It's actually a prerequisite for courage. It's that there's something to scare you. Because you can, anybody can be courageous fighting a toy stuffed lion. You get in the pit with a real one. And then you're going to see who's got courage and who doesn't. You know, my philosophy, somebody said, when you go, you know, a few years we tried to hop up to Alaska. And said, when you're in Alaska, aren't you afraid of bears? I said, no, I'm just afraid if I can outrun the people around me or not. Come on now, amen. The question, though, is how you manage fear in moments. We're only given two natural-born fears. Two natural-born fears. This is your first natural-born fear. Are you ready for this? Falling. You are born with a fear of falling, and you are born with a fear of loud noises. Natural, born with a fear of loud noises. Imagine that for just a moment. I imagine that my new grandson was born with that fear because it's natural to be born with that fear. And then, watch this now, God put him with his older brother who has one volume and it's on. That little boy can sleep through a tornado. Why? Because his natural fear has been overcome 
by the experiences that he's lived through. You see, half the time you're afraid to start walking for God because you're afraid you're going to fall. The righteous man will fall, but he will dust himself off. He will get up and he will try again. So when you start allowing the reality you live in to overtake the fear that might even become natural to you, the reality is that if those two basic fears that you are born with, you were not born afraid of spiders. I mean, you go, yes, I was. <laughs> you were not born. You learned that fear from either an unclean situation or from someone else who had that fear. That's where that fear comes from. So it's, psychologists tell us if you learned it, you can unlearn it. If the enemy has convinced you you're never going to become who God's called you to be, you can believe that lie of the devil and be afraid, or you can start living in a new reality that Christ has called you to when you've settled who you are and you link up with other believers the way you should. You see, faith is the process of unlearning fear. Sometimes I might not be there yet, but I got to believe that I'm going to get there. I've learned that in my life, the best thing is to begin to think differently than I can do differently. What's 1 John 4, 18 say? It says, perfect love cast out all fear. If I'm perfectly in love with God, listen to me, if you fear God, which is the beginning of wisdom, it means that you hold God in the highest esteem. It means that I revere God above all else. So if I fear God, listen to me, I don't really have to fear anything else. Because if I fear him and love him the way that I should, then it will crush every other fear. It take you down a little journey on that. Pick any fear. Cure for that fear, for example, like a failure is not success. Cure for the fear of failure is failure in small enough doses that you realize it didn't take me out the way I thought it would. And as long as I'm trying, he is taking me further than I could have ever imagined. Here's what I've, I don't know who preached this. I heard it years ago. Powerful. It said, if I'm going to fall, I have made up my mind to fall forward. Because that moves me closer to where I'm supposed to be. Matthew said this about the Lord Jesus. It said that Jesus fell upon his face and said, I don't want to do this. Sometimes you're not going to want to go through and you're going to stumble. But you'll either fall back or on your face before God. Am I making sense tonight? Yeah. All right. I just feel like I have to give you this fear of failure or fear of rejection, fear of intimacy, fear of the future, fear of certain social situations. Listen, stop allowing those things to identify you. And then you don't try to avoid it. You just, you just control your exposure level to it until you grow stronger and stronger and stronger. What you're doing is what Nashon did. 
He waded into the water. Start walking and watch God start parting. I love, I love this. And he says, fear not. One translation says, don't panic. In other words, I don't know what I'm going to do. Imagine the, what Moses was thinking. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know which way to go. I don't know which way to turn. But I'm going to trust God and I'm not going to panic. And I think that's what happens to so many of us is we start running instead of standing. I don't know what God's going to do, but I know he's going to move. This is important. Stand your ground. One version says stand still. The next version says uh, uh, stand your ground. Take your stand. Whichever way that you look at it, when Egypt is coming down at you full speed ahead, stand still is not the answer you want. But listen to me. This, this blew my mind. When Moses said, I'm not enough. I can't deliver the people of Israel. He's standing before the burning bush. He says, I'm not enough. What does God respond to his question of, who do I say sent me because I'm not enough? And God says, listen, listen, listen to what God says to him. God says, he says, he says, do you remember? He says, who am I that they would obey me? And God says this to him, I'll be with you. He never says, no, Moses. I mean, I prepared you back in the water and I prepared you in the desert and I taught you in the king's palace. He says, no, 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 no. Not about you. It's about him. He says, I'll be with you. I'm here I am. Can I just tell you, that's what we all need to know. God is with us. God is for us. And this was the hard part for me. He says, stay calm. Does anybody else struggle with that part? Because staying calm is not a panic moment for me. It's more of a, when there's a problem, I go into full-blown, shut up, get out of my way, I'm going to take care of it. That's not calm. And that's imposing my will on the situation and not his. Hold the peace. I shared this in the earlier service on Sunday and I thought it was important. In the Orthodox churches of the world, there's, there's this thing that's called pass the peace. Pass it on. When you find peace inside of who you are, you have to then pass it to others. When someone does you wrong, you find peace over it, then you teach other people how to find peace over when they've been done wrong. You pass the peace. That's why we're overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, because we're essentially telling people, God did it for me, he can do it for you. Oh, well, watch this. Let me, let me rephrase it, because we always make ourselves the champion of our own stories. We're always the heroes or the victims. Because it's all about us. But passing the peace says, look what God did in my life. And since he did it, he can do it for you. Amen. He taught me how to love a neighbor who was unlovable. I'm talking about even my actual neighbor. I'm just using that as an example. I mean, what? what? He, he lives next to me. But you know what I'm saying? 
But he teaches you how to get along with people you can't get along with. He teaches you how to come through things that others can't survive. And when you learn, your testimony becomes the way you pass the peace on. But listen to me, sometimes your testimony is not spoken. It's, listen to me, it's watched. Now, look at me, my brother, and we are the, the two shorter of the brothers. My little brother's giant of a man. He wasn't here yet, but these two big old boys, I've been this height since I was 12 years old. That little lady back there, my mama, I'll never forget one day we were in some barn parking lot somewhere dark at night, and it was scary, and, and me and him were hiding behind her. She had one by each hand, come, come on, babies. And you know what it, that did for me? It gave me the peace to make it all the way where we were going. Could you imagine what would have happened to us if when she took our hands, she started going, I just don't know what we're going to do. I don't know where we're going to go. Oh, my goodness, they're going to kill us. They're going to kill us. They're going to kill us. I mean, inside, she might have been going, ah! But to us, she was going, I'll be all right. I got you. And by, I think back to it now, we should have been like, follow us, mama. But we yet had not learned that. Now, of course, we would be like, Mama, you, you stay right here and we're going to go get something and pick you up in safety. Because we're now grown men. Could you imagine if you were on a cruise ship and all of a sudden the, the captain made an announcement and left the, the intercom on and you heard him say, Oh my gosh, at least 75% of them are going to die. <laughs> Don't eat at the buffet again. Gotta be bad. How many of you would not have peace in that moment? That's not passing the peace. I'm really taking you somewhere with this last statement here. This is important. When the children of God have not went forward themselves and are not united with the body the way that they, they need to be, they cannot show the confident strength that they need to show for others to want to join our cause. We should arise. We should settle who we are in Christ Jesus. And then collectively, we should move forward by standing our ground, not living in fear and becoming living testimonies that if God can change us, he can change you. And I don't care how dark the night, he's still the light that shines in the darkness. And he's still the hope that the whole world this is interesting. It took Anishan to take the first step for the rest of Israel to find the courage to follow him. He took a step and everyone experienced a miracle. He took a step and we're still believing God can part the waters today. Because one person had the courage to settle who he was and follow God. Could it be possible that what needs to happen in your life, in the life of your family, is you need to settle who you are in Christ Jesus? 
Exodus 14 says this in verse number 15. It says these words. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff. Raise your hands over the sea, your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea and on dry ground. I love that line. He said, why are you crying out to me? I told you what to do. I think that most of us, that's what we lack. The confidence to do what God's already told us to do. To obey, to slay the giants of sin that have been making us cower with the others in the tents overlooking the battle. Nashon started walking when others were hiding, panicking. His great-great-great-grandson walked on onto a battlefield when others were hiding under rocks and in tents. Said those words, you come to me with spear and sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And then he started running. What was that direction? Stand with me tonight. I thought to myself, God, this is the last message I'm going to preach for 30 days. What's it going to be? And I thought, finish what you started. Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit. And I thank you for your power. This I ask you, God, that you and all of your strength and all of your wisdom will equip these, your children, to stand their ground collectively, to hold their peace and share it with others. And Lord, to not live in the spirit of fear, Lord, all of this will come when we've learned to become who you called us to be personally. I long for the day when the Ancient of Days shows up and the enemy's advancement is stopped and the people of God get to see the glory of the Lord cover the earth. Until that day, thank you that we are not enough, but you are more than enough. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Isn't God good? Amen. Amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.